Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Uh oh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey guys, welcome back to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. How's everybody doing? Once again, uh, answer me telepathically. (laughs) I can hear it. I I can hear it. I was before we were before we turned on record. I made the best joke that I've made in a long time. We were trying to figure out. We have a listener we think in Africa, and we were trying to figure out if it was somebody we knew or if we didn't know this person. If it was a new person. And I asked Michaela, oh, do you know anybody who's living in Africa right now? And she said, I know somebody who's in Djibouti. Yeah. And I said, where is Djibouti? And then I answered myself, right here. And I'm <laughs> pointed, it was good. It pointed was good to joke. my booty. So that's where I'm at where's today. Djibouti? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. So <laughs> what's good with you, with you this week? Uh, I was going to retouch on my dyslexia. Okay. Actually, I oh, thought. yeah. I would love to hear about it. Yeah, so I was just thinking about it more because, you know, anxious minds like to dwell on stuff. Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. And I was thinking a way to explain my thought process, like, and how it's different or how I I perceive it to be different is when most people, they, they look at something and they read it and they comprehend it. They read it and they understand, got the information, done. For me, I have to study it and, like, decipher it. Like, I have to, I can't just read it and understand Mm. what what i'm consuming <laughs> so it's it's like you are decoding a series of symbols essentially kind of yeah there's yeah. a there's a process behind the decoding it's not automatic right right Interesting. so that's why it just takes me that much longer to process things and so that's yeah i was just thinking of a better way to explain how the wheels turn <laughs> You should you should definitely tell our audience about the meme thing because that one is amazing to me how you look at memes and oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so a lot of times people will hand me their phone to show me a meme and they think that I don't get the joke because it takes me so long to Yeah, or like that you don't think it's funny. Right. Right. But but what happens is I have to look at the picture and I have to decipher what I'm looking at in the picture. What's going on in this picture? Is this a reference I'm supposed to get? Like first I have to just comprehend and understand the picture. Then I have to read and comprehend what's being said here. And is yes. this a reference to something? Or is this you know, like what what's actually being said. And then I have to relook at the picture and like try to make the connection. And sometimes I have to go repeat, right? <laughs> uh, whenever we're just walking or doing something, if I have a meme to show Michaela or anything to show Michaela, I just hand her my phone and like go. I'm like, okay, I'll two minutes. Like, basically, I have to stop moving because I can't read it and walk. Like it doesn't work. Yeah. And I actually think that's like cool. To, that's a good example of this is just how your mind works differently. Are there... I, I don't remember if I asked this before, but are there advantages you feel like you have because of the dyslexia, like something that you have a ability to do others may not? Yeah. I mean, I think we did say it last time was just that I, 
I th- I can break things down oh, yeah, on a more yeah. right, simple right. level because of it. Because yes. I have to break it down very simply to understand it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know she has all of these different I wouldn't call them handouts, but they're basically instructional <laughs> word documents for how to do literally anything at work. Yeah. And so when I don't understand something, I'm like, send me one of your instructional documents. <laughs> like, help me. I don't get it. So I always know I can count on that if I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a rooting grounding force. For new job people, they tend to like to gravitate because I've made a ha- I've made myself a handout on the steps of how to put a document in, how to do yes. this thing, how to check this over here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Totally understand. And mine is just like <laughs> my office is just an on fire garbage can and some crystals and then like a string of Christmas lights and I and then I'm like I don't know how I got here. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Misrepresentation. Uh, yeah, well, well, maybe. <laughs> so my what's good this week is that I am. So it is becoming fall at this timeline and probably will be in the in the depths of winter when you hear this episode mm, yes. and i have mentioned before that i have a seasonal pattern to yeah. my mood and mm-hmm. so i need to do lots of different things and my mood treatment for the winter is as follows one turn on seasonal effective light blare <laughs> into face two listen to loud reggae music so i am <laughs> I'm rediscovering my love for reggae music. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah, so... And they're giving you real beachy vibes. Yes, yes. I am just... I basically just visualize being on a beach somewhere and play reggae music. And then sometimes, if it's nighttime, have a margarita. And I just do those three <laughs> things together. And that's my seasonal affective disorder treatment. And don't shoot me, but I love Jimmy Buffett. And I just mm, don't care. I really yeah. don't care. Yeah. Cheeseburger in paradise. I don't know. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. Margaritaville. You're right. Those are those are some classic songs. Yes. Obviously some Bob Marley, a little bit of revolution in there. I mean, it's the good stuff. It makes me really happy. And I once went to a uh well, more than once. I've gone to a couple Whalers concerts. So like Bob Marley and the Whalers, like his kids, you know, yeah, kept the band together or whatever. So cool yeah yeah i'm just i dig it I'm i just, think that's a cool way to do it yeah i try to just basically pretend i'm on a tropical island for as long as i can it <laughs> and then if i can get to one i do get to one it's not often that i can but i would love to get to one this year <laughs> so that's what's up so what are we learning about today so today is like part two part two <laughs> part two part two of our thoughts how how you think about things matters it does it really does. And last time we talked a lot about cognitive distortions and kind of those thinking errors that we can fall into. And we did a lot of clarifying, too, on on not everything's a thinking error. Yes, not <laughs> not everything is a thinking error. Oh, dang. Speaking of thinking errors, guys, I always have to tell you, shit, your shrink things ah! at gmail.com. Email us or go to our Patreon and support us so if you're advertising for ourselves. I know. We're going to get better at it. We're going to get better at it. So... Share Your Shrink Things on Patreon. Uh, you can search us on Patreon or at www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink things. Anyway, speaking of cognitive errors, and we also have an Instagram. Uh, so yes, so last time we were talking about cognitive errors, how your thinking matters to yes. how you're perceiving the world and how you're behaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all interconnected. And if you can become more aware of your thought patterns and what you're focusing on and what you're dwelling on you can you can redirect yourself and and focus on something that's more useful or beneficial for you right exactly so the ways in which you have certain kinds of 
thinking patterns impacts the ways in which you choose to live in the world, which then reinforces some of those thinking patterns was, mm-hmm. was kind of what we were talking about last time. And we wanted to kind of share things that we do just up front as though we didn't have formal homework last time for ourselves. These are just kind of our own ways of managing thought patterns or maybe even cognitive distortions that are kind of things that we often have to work through. So mm-hmm. what's kind of your, what is the homework, the ongoing homework that you obviously and we both have with our thinking patterns? Yeah. So first, I just already tried to put an effort in doing various coping activities to make sure that my emotions are managed and I'm not letting, you know, letting stress overwhelm me. So like getting the meditations and doing some deep breathing exercises periodically. Mm-hmm. A, that helps in the first place. Right. So you're just (laughs) trying to get your body physically in a place that your mind can process. Right. But when I notice that I'm having these irrational thoughts or these cognitive distortions, what I do is I will take take the deep breaths, do a little bit of breathing, and then start to question myself. So I, I basically catch myself. Then I try to observe. I take that scientific role again and pick through what's really going on here. Try to get that bird's eye perspective of what what was being triggered. What am I actually thinking about? Is this something I should be thinking about? You know, challenge those thoughts. Sure. And then I will, you know, practice what works. You know, after I've gotten some perspective and, and if, if there's an action that I can take or if there's something that I can do, then I do the thing. If there's not something that I can do about it, then I try to breathe and let it go and redirect myself on things that I can do and manage. Right. Is there a frequent flyer that comes up a lot for you that you need to like kind of be wary of? Because these are called, you know, thinking patterns for a reason. Lots of us have really clear patterns once we watch them that come up over and over again. And it's something to be aware of. Was there anything like that in the last week for you or anything you know of? Not necessarily in the last week. I think... I did a decent job this last week of really trying to focus on positive things and and not let my mind go there. But I definitely jump to conclusions often. I definitely will magnify or catastrophize. Mm. Uh, it's all over. Yeah, right. yeah, it's all over. And I I occasionally mental filter, but I've gotten better about it again with trying to focus on the positives. Yeah. So so mental filter being you only see the negatives to things, mm-hmm. or catastrophizing being that. You leap to the worst possible case scenario. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. And the challenging is the way that you get out of that. Right. Right. So how do you how do you manage your thoughts? What's your ongoing practice? Mm, Mine is more of a um, distancing slash validating slash experiment. So I don't I don't challenge my thoughts really so much once they come up if I, I do tend to have a pattern of forecasting, mm. but that is because of a history I have. And so my forecasting is often fortunately or unfortunately accurate mm. about what people are going to do or what a situation is going to look like. I'm not right all the time, obviously. And so that puts me in a place where I'm like, okay, if I'm forecasting something negative, let me just outright validate myself and just say to myself mentally, you know what? You got a good reason for at least right. thinking that. Right. Just kind of being nice to myself, be like, you're not crazy. You got some kind of past and you got some kind of rationale here. Mm-hmm. And then I try to step back for a minute and be like, okay, it, let's see what are the possibilities and get some evidence from the past about how this could happen. And then now about whether this is accurate or not. And then I will behave in a way to test it depending on kind of the safety level. If it's something that's like real basic, yeah. I can test it out with behaviors. For example, let's say I got 
an email and the email comes in and I don't know, let's say my boss seems snippy. That doesn't really ever happen, but let's say it did happen. And my forecasting what would be something like my boss is kind of getting on my case and it's going to turn into something larger and they're going to give me a bad review. Maybe I've got a reason to think that. So I'll just step up and be like, okay, let's assume that you're making some kind of sense here right? and at least explore it. I don't need to necessarily challenge it, but yeah, say like, okay, fair. have you gotten a bad review before? Right. Okay. Um, right. Were there other little things that you did wrong? Has she been snippy with you before? Is this right. a pattern? You know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. And so that's within my challenging as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think some people, I think it maybe we're just using different language for it too, because some people view it as challenging and mine is just more like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. That's a better word probably. Yeah. Yeah. Exploring. Exactly. Like, I don't know if this is true or not true, but I'm going to check it out Mm -hmm. and I'm going to assume that I have some reason for thinking that. But yeah, both of these things, like that results for me in at least less drama in the moment in my own mind. And just like a, hey, hold tight, we're not 100% sure. And that way I can at least not be so, I don't know, rigid maybe all yeah. the time. And, yeah. th- and that helps. Yeah. So speaking of today, we're going to talk a little bit about how you guys may be able to challenge thinking patterns, mm-hmm. what sorts of things to try. A lot of it will sound familiar. Some of it is what we basically just described now, but we'll talk about actual skills. So you guys can try them out and, and keep in mind, this is not a one size fits all approach. Everybody's yeah. got a really different way of doing things. And wellness is kind of like, mm, say you're making a baked good, there's different recipes for cookies and scones Mm -hmm. and Rice Krispie treats and whatever, right? But all of them are delicious (laughs) and one of them is going to be your favorite. Right. So you're going to have to try the different recipe that works for you. Oh, yeah. I love the way you, yeah, Yeah, dig it. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to have to like put together your own little baked good. Take And not everything is going to feel as good for you. So just know that that's okay. Right, right. Try some of these things out and see how how they work for you. Again, like we said in the beginning, everybody's different. That's part of the beauty of all of this is yes, is we're all so unique. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Michaela, what baked good are you? Oh, I don't know. That's I don't know. Yeah, you'd be like, I don't know. I feel like you're just a Reese's cup. (laughs) I don't know if you're a baked good. You're just a Reese's cup. That's what you are. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. That just feels right, right to me. Yep. I mean, that's a classic favorite. I'll take it. I'm cake. The Ooh. end. Just cake. Straight up cake. I okay. eat enough of it. I am it. I okay. am become cake. So break us off a piece of some of these coping skills. So first and foremost, again, is that observation, right? Again, I think taking that time to just check in with yourself, check in and see why you're feeling distressed. What's being stirred within you? Mm-hmm. How do you do that is the main question. Because I I have a lot of people that have no concept of what they are thinking. So how would you even know if you had a thought? How would you be able to tell that you were thinking about something? I know she's looking at me with with wide open eyes like, I don't know. I'll I'll tell you. I was going to say, I'm the person who has the inner dialogue her entire life. (laughs) Okay. I always am thinking about my thinking about my thinking about my thinking. Like for me, that concept is difficult. Yes. Okay. Yes. You, there are many people who always know what they're thinking because they've got like a running kind of tab and list and just always talking to themselves. There are 20 tabs open. (laughs) I don't know where the music is coming from. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. 
but I cut. <laughs> but the narrator knows what's happening. Oh god, that's actually great. Uh, well, some of us have no idea what is going through our minds or what the hell we're feeling. So, a, a quick and easy way to determine what you are thinking is when you have an emotional shift in the daytime. Ask yourself, what just went through my mind? What happened there? What was I thinking or what memory or image did I have? So, yeah, some of us don't always think in words. So we might mm. think in a memory or an image and yeah. we not might not always label that we've had a thought. So when you ask somebody, you know, what are they thinking? They're like, mm, I don't know. And an easy way to break it down to even know if you've had a thought is if you've had some sort of emotional shift or mm -hmm. um, a behavioral shift mm, in the daytime. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if you, let's say all of a sudden feel the urge to eat a pile of M&Ms and you don't right. know why, there might have been a thought that went through your head before that right. that prompted you to want to eat a million M&Ms or there might have been a thought before you laid in the bed for four hours, right? There could have <laughs> right. there could have been something going on there. So just asking yourself, how is this tied to a thought? Is, yeah, is yeah. what's really point. going on here? Why, why is this emotion being stirred? What's triggering this experience for me right now? And like you said, maybe maybe if it isn't necessarily a, a defined thought, you have an idea of what's the driving factor. If it is a memory, if it is some echo of the past that feels familiar, if it is just a stressor or some catastrophizing or what have you. Right. You can at least make the connection. Right. Another way to build awareness could be journaling about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Keeping some sort of log about, okay, what's been going through my head these past couple of days? Mm -hmm. How does this link to my actions? And how does this link to my emotions? If you were to keep, I think this is called a thought log. Is yeah. that right? In cognitive behavioral therapy, a thought log? A thought log or a dysfunctional thought record. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you just kind of jot down what's been going on through your mind. It actually just keeps a, a good hmm. log. It's yeah. like it's a log of what's those connections. Again, it's the pattern. You're trying to connect with what is the pattern of emotions and thoughts that get stirred and right. what are the triggers that tend to cause those stirs exactly exactly so you can start to notice what's actually what's what's setting it off what's happening and is there anything yes. different that you can do yes or think or feel or say or right behave yeah. what have you exactly yeah how long what's kind of your experience i don't actually have a firm answer for this but how long do you usually keep a thought log or watch your thoughts for beside before you decide okay i'm gonna make some corrections here like do you wait for some time I, sometimes i'll just wait and watch a little bit because mm -hmm. i'm not 100% ready to change it or I don't even know if it's something I want to change. Yeah. But I don't know. What's what's your feeling on that? I think it I think it depends. I think it depends on the destructiveness of the thought and the behavior. You know, if it's something Very that's causing some serious distress, then you need to stomp that shit out <laughs> sooner <laughs> than later. <laughs> How on fire is this thing? Yeah, yeah. that's a great <laughs> zero to ten. D is this like a trash can fire, a dumpster fire? Where are we at here? Right, right. Is this just a small, small little <laughs> tiny thing? Or? Yeah. 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 How, how quickly do I need to stop, drop, and roll? That's funny. Yeah. I, I think that's totally right. And some people, again, they don't feel ready to always change thinking patterns, but right. just Which is okay. Which I you need to do what feels right and best for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, go back to the exercise. I'm still not exercising, guys. Like, not the way I want to anyway. <laughs> yes. yes. So yes, I'm, yes. Still not, yes. I'm still in that contemplation <laughs> stage of change. Yes. And, and if you're there, that you're there, but at least be aware of it. The, and Right. And they're all different. I mean- we are mental health professionals and we're in different stages of change for different 
things. Positive wellness activities. I yeah, mean, yeah. we're it, that's you're going to be a superstar at some things and <laughs> awful at other things, and that's all right. So, what are other kind of skills that you use to manage your thinking? So, thought stopping is a common one that people will use, especially once they've recognized that pattern, when they've recognized that this is a consistent thought that disrupts my zen, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is not valid. Yeah, this is making me very un-Buddha-like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not valid, that's a great point. Like, I know that this isn't even true. Right. Like, um, I'm a piece of shit. Right. Right, like, I'm not worth anything. Or, yeah, I'm, I'm unworthy, so stupid. I'm stupid. Those kinds of thoughts that aren't valid, they aren't valid. Yeah. And I don't care who you are, even if you have a low G, you're not. Yeah. You're not. Right. You're not there stupid. There are things that you are super smart about. Don't right. don't judge a fish on how it climbs a tree. Whoa. <laughs> I will not judge a fish on how it climbs a tree. Just, that was awesome. <laughs> that was an awesome saying. Yeah. No, I think that's absolutely true. And and so when you know it's those kinds of thoughts, sometimes just doing thought stopping. So you, you can literally shout, stop. You can say it in your head, whatever it takes you to just catch it and, and say, stop. Yeah. And then redirect yourself. Right. right. Then- do a little breathing if you need to redirect yourself. Right. I think there's there's the very clear, you know, I'm saying stop to this. There's also coping statements that some mm-hmm. people tend to use. So a coping statement could be something like, again, what I use, which is I'm not doing that right now. Yeah. It's not time for this right now. We don't or we we don't call ourselves stupid. Right. We yeah. Don't do sometimes that. You, if it's one that's common, you might develop something that you can say to that. Develop a yeah. mantra against that. Like yeah. I'm not stupid. I I'm just differently intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Differently intelligent. Exactly. I have a different brain. I love me. Yes. And or in acceptance and commitment therapy, we talk a lot about how you would just say, thanks, brain, for that thought. Yeah. And you just move on. Thanks, K-bye. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. (laughs) It's basically like sending your brain a text that just says K, period. Yeah. Sometimes I imagine sending my own brain a text that just says K, period. Or like the OK fingers emoji. Yeah. Just like real snarky, like, okay. Nice. Right. And so that's that's kind of the there is thought stopping, which is just no. Then there is kind of distancing from the thought, which is just OK, brain. Thank you. Right. There is also thought watching. Thought watching. Okay, so tell us about thought watching. That is when you imagine your thoughts. You just kind of let them come and go. You try not to jump on the train. So mm-hmm. each of your thoughts is a train cart, and the train is just trucking, trucking, trucking. And it's so easy to jump on and ride the train, mm-hmm. but we're trying to just watch the train go. Yeah. Or some people like to imagine leaves on a stream, or you know, do what you want to do, but. Each of those thoughts is its own little thing. Yes. And you're just going to watch it pass. You're not going to jump on. And if you catch yourself jumping on, that's okay. Just <laughs> get back Unboard. on. board. Yeah. <laughs> get off the train. Right. Get off. Get out of the river and just move back to an obster- right. observer standpoint. It takes time. You're not going to get it. That one takes a decent amount of time to yeah. do well with. A lot of times it does feel like some of this is the observer techniques yes and the mindfulness techniques and the distancing yourself from your thoughts a thought is just a thought it's not yeah yeah it's not a um it's not necessarily a truth it is just something my brain has told me right now i I think a lot of those techniques are 
can be a little trickier or like a little heady mm-hmm. and it's easier to just be like nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> so thought stopping is an easier like more accessible thing for people a lot of times or or um just journaling is a right. more accessible thing for a lot of times or just saying what went through my mind it so we understand if you're kind of on the front end of it and the headier stuff is a little more difficult over time yes I think, too, there is a difference, and this is another acceptance and commitment therapy technique, between having a thought and buying a thought is kind of what they talk Mm -hmm. about. So I can have a thought that nobody at this party is going to like me, but I can choose whether I buy that or not. Right. And the metaphor that they kind of use is think about your heart. The, The job of your heart is to beat and pump blood through your body. Your stomach's job is to digest Mm -hmm. your... I don't know. Your eyeball's jobs is to see. see. And every organ has a job. Well, your your brain's job is to think. And so mm. yeah. it's going to give you sometimes <laughs> things like it's just going to throw wild <laughs> shit out there. There's not 100% and of the time. from left field. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, there's yeah. always going to be some kind of weird byproduct. I mean, yeah, that's your, fair. your heart creates byproducts. Your organs create byproducts so your brain is not going to be a perfect system at all times Mm -hmm. so we don't need to buy or validate every single thought we have right sometimes it's just like okay that was thank you (laughs) (laughs) thanks for that unicorn on a tricycle that was lovely (laughs) neato it reminds me of when if you've got a little kid and they make some crazy shit for you for like mother's day or something they hand you this popsicle ass glue paste filled <laughs> thing and you're like wow that is crazy looking that's so great yeah I love it. yeah you're yeah. like oh this will go right here okay yep and you can choose you're like okay i'll just put that here you just kind of set it down like you right. can be like thank you and just kind of move it along okay so you got thought stopping journaling thought watching um, distancing an observer standpoint, a little bit of breathing, a little bit of journaling. Right. Because again, you you do do better when you throw the breathing in there every time with all your stuff. Yep. Throw it in, guys. 100%. Breathe it out. Breathe this it out. This will help. Yes. But then I did some of the challenging thoughts. So yes. some of the questions that maybe you can ask yourself. When you are trying to kind of get you yourself. Kind of, yeah. When you're examining what's going on. Yes. You know, what is the evidence I have for this thought? What yes. is my evidence against? Like you said, like what what historically has happened? Is this something that is that is maybe really a valid yeah. thought or yeah. not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like check it out. Like look under the the log that is this thought and see what little creepy critters are under there. Yes. Am I basing this thought on facts or feelings or habit? Mm, oh yeah. Yeah. And and usually if it's just a habitual thought rather than something that has legs to it, mm-hmm. it may be your clue it's not super helpful. Right. Definitely. Then you can specifically ask a little bit about those distortions, like, am I thinking in black and white or is it more complicated? Mm-hmm. Could I be misinterpreting some evidence or making some assumptions? Yeah. Might other people have different interpretations of the same situation? Sure. So again, what's the other perspectives? Is there a different perspective that I can take on this? Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good way to look at it. And and sometimes, well, we'll talk about um, behavioral experiments and and mm. gathering evidence in a second. But yeah, w- what would be the alternative perspectives exactly? Another good one. Did someone pass this thought or belief on to me? Ooh. If so, are they a reliable source? Ooh, yeah. My favorite thing is when a client is really getting down on themselves for being 
crappy and they really haven't been crappy, I would say ask themselves, whose voice is that? Mm-hmm. Whose voice is that? Is that mom? Is, is that, that really dad? Your voice? Yeah. yeah. Who who's who been telling that seed? Yeah. Who's been telling you that? Because that's we we can see. You know, I've had clients before who are like full time workers, great moms. They're doing their best, and then you know, let's say that I don't know, a partner tells them that they're not doing enough or that mm-hmm. they're lazy or for for a lot of years and then they leave the relationship and now every little thing that goes wrong they're like well it's because i'm lazy you know it's, yeah. it's because i'm lazy and you're like what what evidence right. is there for that i mean if we were looking at this challenging exercise you'd be like what evidence is right. is there that you're lazy who who else thinks that you're lazy right is there really any is there an alternative perspective here yeah we start to challenge that and usually you'll find that you know their girlfriends are like nah man (laughs) (laughs) like are you kidding me he was a lazy yeah yeah or or whatever the case is exactly exactly yeah will this matter a year from now how about five years from now that one's a really good good one one for me because sometimes it's even like a week from now it's not even a thing right i get so bent out of shape and a week later i'm not even i don't even remember that i was upset about it oh my gosh (laughs) you have made such such a such a good point i i think that this is one thing that or if you work in a hospital system, you just kind of mm-hmm. get used to the ebbs and flows of rules and structures over time. And yeah, a new thing will come out and you'll be like, they're like, this is a big thing and you better. Yeah, yeah. you have fit about it. And then five minutes later, you're like, is this even going to be a thing in a year? Right. And then it nine times out of 10, it isn't anything. You just kind of like get yourself in a tizzy because you're like, this is all over. Right. It's all over. <laughs> and then it doesn't matter. And you can look back at You can say to yourself, okay. How similar is this thing that's happening to other things I've seen? And did those things matter Mm -hmm. in the long run? And if the answer is no, they didn't really end up being anything, then you have some evidence that it's probably not something to get bent out of shape about. Right. Right. What would a friend think about the situation? Or what advice, if a friend was going through this, what advice would I give another friend? Oh, yeah. And why is that such a good one? Because we're all so good at telling every, everybody else what they need to do, but we can never freaking look in the mirror yeah. and tell ourselves what we need to do. Oh, man. And we're nicer to our friends. We are. We're so nice to our friends and we're so nice to our loved ones. And then when it comes to ourselves, it's just yes. not the same. And we would never talk to ourselves the way or we would never talk to a friend the way we talk to ourselves. And no. so it kind of imparts a little bit of empathy, too on some level for ourselves, a little self-compassion. Yeah, yeah, which is necessary in this thought questioning. Yes, yes, Because part of what you're doing is exploring where that trigger potentially came from, which means you're probably going to be a little compassionate about how it was created. Oh, yeah. Wow, such a good point is that a lot of these thinking patterns, they don't come out of nowhere. They're created somewhere. They're Mm -hmm. created, they're usually created by somebody else. Right. Well, and they're usually created when you're young. Mm-hmm. Thinking patterns don't just hmm, they don't just arise. They're created over years and years and years of reinforced experiences. Yep. And they become habits for a very good reason. They do. They do. And sometimes it's a self-protective factor. Sometimes you you kind of have to think that way to survive. Oh, absolutely. But when you're finally in a place where you where that's not necessary, when you're when you can finally step out of survival mode, it's time to start thriving. Yeah. Okay, let's stop surviving and start thriving and and start questioning your thoughts and and picking through which ones are healthy and good for you. Yeah. And which ones aren't. Right. I can think of if I'm thinking about ones that if I know 
my, my habitual ones are they're usually either self-critical ones mm-hmm. or they are ones about um, like the how big of a deal something is going to be like the, yeah. mag- the magnifying one is definitely one I have too where I'm like this is all over yeah I'm gonna lose it <laughs> Stanley Hudson <laughs> get in this office right now or I'm gonna lose it <laughs> um and so but the self-critical one is maybe not necessarily something I implanted there but it's something that I know without a doubt isn't helpful and I don't remember if this was on your challenging thing I think you might have already said this but if a thought is just outright not helpful to you right it and and you know it's really not like it could be sort of accurate, but you're not really sure and you can't really figure out a way to challenge it. It's just outright not helpful. It's right. okay it's to just be like, yeah, yeah, it's okay to be like, no, then I'm not going to engage this one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the self-critical thoughts that you could have would be things like, you know, wow, I'm a schmuck. I did this wrong or I always put my foot in my mouth or whatever the case right. might be. I was too honest or whatever. And to try and distance yourself from that self-critical thought or to, you know, just say, is this helpful or not helpful? Right. Well, I guess then I'm going to have to change it. I'm going to have to do my best to distance myself or change it. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. this is not a useful useful path for me to go down. E- even if I was slightly a schmuck, like, okay, it, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And I can- <laughs> And I can learn from it and maybe try to be less schmuckish. <laughs> schmuckish. <in the> schmuckish. <laughs> schmuckish. <laughs> so there are also other ways to challenge thoughts. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is if you're not sure if it's true, create an experiment. Yes. Yeah. Behavioral experiments. Yes. Yeah. So mind breaking the audience off a piece of what a what a, what is a behavioral experiment? What would I be what would I be doing? Let's say I wanted to challenge the thought everybody hates me. Okay. Or I am the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in that department. How would I challenge that thought? Well, a behavioral experiment for that could be going to socialize with other people mm-hmm. and legitimately observing how they interact with you, right? Yeah. If they come and talk to you or if they ask you questions about yourself or if, you know, if it seems to be a positive interaction, then you're you're probably not the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is unlikely you are the worst. If you're being, you could go out somewhere and see basically, oh, okay, well, did this person laugh at my joke? When I right. was attempting to be social, did it, what did it result in? Right. And the key thing here is that we're going to keep an open stance. <laughs> it's very unlikely that you are the worst. But let's say that we get somebody that's really socially awkward, right? right. And they have a, a negative experience at the party that they go to. There's a lot of different interpretations there. It's like, okay, yeah. maybe that just means you need to improve your social skills. Maybe that's a little bit of an indicator to you. So let's say you do the behavioral experiment and you disprove that you're the worst. People seem to like you and engage right, with you at the right. party. And let's be real. Those are the other people at that party that are definitely worse than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always. Always, always, always. But th- then that's one way to disprove the thought. And you keep disproving thoughts by keeping engaging in behavioral experiments. Right. So you can't just do it once and then now magically you don't think that habitual way anymore. It's right. going to require just oodles and oodles of new evidence that this isn't true and even with the person who let's say they go to the party and it was socially awkward i would encourage them to amass a lot of behavioral experiments before they make a determination about whether they're the worst or not 
right? Right. You want to keep trying and seeing because if you're a scientist, you don't just use one data point. Right. You have to have- You have to have multiple data points. Exactly. You have to see where, okay, well, I interacted with 50 people and what was kind of the results of the 50 people rather than just like, well, John doesn't like me, right? That's not- that's not the way to get anything done necessarily. Right. So a behavioral experiment, um, another thing that you could test would be like a forecasting, like people will not like me or I will bomb this thing. Right. And and then if you don't, then woo. Yeah. Woohoo. You yeah. can you can test it out if you do. It's really parallel to the opposite action, which is a dialectical behavioral like emotion therapy, you know, emotion regulation skill kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're you're doing the opposite of what you know, what your thought is telling you, what your emotion is telling you, you're going to do the opposite to yes. test it and to explore it and yes. to challenge it. Yes. And see if that's... And see if it's valid. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's a, that's a great skill for people, obviously, again, in a safe environment. We say this like a million times. <laughs> there are situations, right, where obviously it's like, don't test that. That's not safe. Right, right. <laughs> right. But for the most part, it, if you're in a safe environment, this could be a, a good skill to try. Definitely. So what is your kind of f- personal list of favorites? What's your personal list of favorites that you, like, I, Michaela, do this, these types of thought stopping or thought challenging, or, or what do you do that works best? Or with patients, what do you see that works best? With patients, I think what works best in the long run is those the opposite action behavioral experiments. Yeah. I think we have to start out with doing the breathing. We have to start out with kind of questioning those thoughts and learning how to observe and learning how to step back and get some distance. Yes. And then what actually seals the deal is once they start to do those behavioral experiments, once they start to do the opposite of what their thoughts and emotions are dictating that they do. Yes. Again, yes. in a safe environment. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, yeah. We're going to say that like, one but tilly time. Dog. Yeah, yeah. Um. Once they start actually getting evidence that they can carry against that. But that's scary to do. And people get stuck kind of in the pattern of just observing and saying, like, this is my life now. <laughs> it's like, no, like, do a little action here and you'll see that it's not. What's that song? A little less conversation. A little, a little more, more action. action. Please. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Ex- yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Ex- we sung that in choir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Elvis Presley at you guys. A little less conversation, a little more action, please. Let's- right. Don't let yourself overthink forever. Like you need to do you need to do a little overthinking to start exploring this because you probably haven't. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but but don't let yourself get stuck in that. Their action is where you're going to start to feel it. That's where you're going to start to believe it. Yeah. I could not agree with that anymore. I think there there are actually research studies to support this, and I'll go back to this in a second, but as a therapist, behavioral experiments are the tits. It's where all the money's at. It's where people mm-hmm. are going to get their best benefit. If you can challenge your negative thinking patterns by at least trying something against them or trying something new, then this is the best. I mean, we also not only do we call these behavioral experiments to challenge negative thoughts, but we also can call them things like exposures. Yeah. Right. It's kind of the same thing. Let's say somebody has PTSD and they've been afraid of socializing and meeting new friends Mm -hmm. and we want to get them out in a safe way. Then we start them really low on the anxiety hierarchy with maybe chatting with people online. That would be an experiment to see how that goes. Right. And that tends to get people their money's worth. We can also call these something different 
called pleasant activity scheduling or mm. achievement event scheduling. Right. Which is, yeah. You're putting in those things into your day that are going to reinforce those positive emotions, thoughts, and behaviors and feelings. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But the key is action. And there is a there's a study. It's from a really long time ago. I read this in graduate school and I'm not going to remember who did it, but it is like a landmark study about the difference between different types of therapy. And basically they found something called the dodo bird effect. So the mm. have you heard of this? Mm-mm. Okay. So the dodo bird effect is that globally most evidence-based therapies are about equally as effective. And there are only two things that are predictive of client success or right. client I've heard change. Of what's predictive, but I hadn't yeah. heard it called the dodo bird yeah. effect. Yeah. So it's basically like, okay, well, you know, you can use Cognitive behavioral therapy, Mm -hmm. acceptance and commitment therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy. You can use all these different kinds of alphabet soup therapies, but generally you only need two ingredients and you're going to get something good out of that. And do you know the first one's a relationship with your therapist? Yeah, that's the first key component on whether or not you're going to be successful in therapy is your relationship with your therapist. Do you have good rapport with your therapist? Do you like your therapist? Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you go in there and, you know, is it working for you? Yeah. Again, in the beginning, that's the key. Yeah. This is this is a hundred and it doesn't matter what the hell therapy you're doing. Yes. If you do not like your therapist. It doesn't matter. It's not going to it's not going to help the way that it could help. No. Right. Exactly. And that's uh, even if you're recommended somebody that everybody else in the world likes, mm-hmm. if you don't like them, doesn't matter. It's not going to be not as going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it. Yeah. It can, it's not going to be as effective. Yeah, yeah. It can work a little bit, not as not as good as it probably could work. Right. And that doesn't mean that you or the therapist is wrong. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is exactly what we're talking about. It's behavior change. Mm-hmm. If you change your behaviors outside of session to right. reflect and support your value system right. and to keep you in line with your value system, then that's when you're going to see the most change. So I know on the values episode, we talked about you know, coming up with a series of values and then acting in a way that supports that. That's that Mm -hmm. behavioral piece again. So I don't know, like, again, if I have a value of freedom, maybe I'm going for a drive every night. Maybe I'm going to go on a country dirt road and look (laughs) at the stars. I don't know. That's Maybe that's something that supports my value. That behavior is going to challenge negative thoughts that it'll never get better. That behavior is a pleasant event. That behavior supports my values. No matter how we want to mm-hmm. say it, it's a little less conversation. A little more, more action. action, please. So again, it's 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 about what you're doing outside of therapy. And mm-hmm. I think that's also where people get stuck is they come in and they keep venting and they keep venting and they keep venting. It's like, okay, but but what are you doing? Yeah. At the end of the day, I <laughs> you gotta do a little. Yeah, I could hear you. I could hear you, and I do hear you. And I can and validate see you. you, and I can see that this is a struggle, and I can right. Yeah, but we want you to actually be able to get out of it, right? And to take some kind of accountability, and you can take anybody can take an action. Mm-hmm. Anybody can take an action. Actions are free. So this is something that yeah, we we want to make sure that you understand as clients out there. One last thing. So let's talk really quickly about how do just out of curiosity, where do negative automatic thoughts come from? We really quickly touched on it earlier, mm. just saying like, ooh, whose voice is that? Right. Mm, where right, did right, that right. come from? Yeah. So so how do you know at least when somebody's going to have like a weird negative automatic thought soup going on up there? I mean, if you've experienced a lot of uh, abuse in your childhood or in your life or mm-hmm. neglect or bullying, what mm-hmm. have you, 
that's that's where those that's when it's happening. It's, it's, it's fertile soil for <laughs> it's some fertile soil. Yeah. yeah. If you had any kind of shit storm in your childhood, even if it's a mild one, honestly, yeah, it's an it can be enough to rock your world. It really can. It really can. And some people's brains are a little more sensitive than others, mm-hmm. which is those people i don't know if i use my porsche minivan metaphor uh-uh. oh, okay so some people's brains and bodies are really sensitive and they're like a porsche right if you put the right things into it and you maintain it really well boy will it go fast and it will go great <laughs> but if you really just don't keep up with it or you fuck with it just a little bit that right, thing or you put too much in the trunk yeah it's gonna <laughs> explode off of the planet and so some people's brains and bodies are sensitive like a porsche Others of us have minivans, and you can throw Cheerios. <laughs> throw rocks at yeah, it. <laughs> you can throw rocks at it. Parts of it can be painted different colors. Like they're gonna be something dragging behind, but still running. You're like, what's happening? Yeah, they're the, they're the cockroaches of the car world, and you can't kill them, and it's fine. And so some of it's just biology. Like it's just how you're set like up. That. Some of us have brain minivans, and some of us have brain Porsches. I am unfortunately or fortunately a brain Porsche, so. Very little things can disrupt my entire thinking process and world. And I, I mean, I act like that. But if you give me the right kind of fuel, I can really operate pretty good. Are, yeah. you, are you brain minivan or I a brain I don't know. I think, I think I'm like a mercury sable. <laughs> you know, like I'm pretty damn dependable and I can take a pretty d- good beating. But I'm pretty low on my mileage, I think. I think I've had a lot of miles. So there's... <laughs> Oh, no. so, so it can easily get disturbed but i'm still like you know i'm still i'm still turning on oh that's really great that is really 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 great yeah i i will die at the slightest problem and i will cost a million dollars for you to actually fix but boy do i go fast when i go <laughs> yeah so that's kind of one way you can think about it is that when you grow up in an environment that's either invalidating, um, it can be unsupportive, emotionally neglectful, or mm-hmm. physically ag- neglectful, physically, sexually, emotionally abusive, right. any of those sorts of things. Or in adulthood, if you encounter those things for prolonged yeah, periods. Yeah, if it gets reinforced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if it gets reinforced in adulthood. Or I, ge- I guess it could be introduced in adulthood too, but it would have to be a while <laughs> yeah of yeah that i feel like of- there's normally still an echo from childhood even when it's something that's kind of more introduced into adulthood for people yeah. like when when clearly the main roots are from adult experiences there's generally still an echo yes from yes. their childhood that kind of yes Does, yeah. it comes out or it plays out and we're not saying like keep in mind for those of you who are parents in the audience the kids are pretty resilient it's oh, just yeah. that this sort of stuff is is when it's a long-term pattern it's not just like one thing a parent does it's like right your one comment when you were mean is not gonna forever be the thing no. in your kid's head no no, no. kids are pr- kids it's are if you're resilient. saying mean shit all the time <laughs> then yes yes it will be yeah it turns out it'll come out just like that when they're 25 just like that yeah or again and like abusive relationships in adulthood do tend to you can like reinforce negative ideas from childhood or you can even introduce new like concepts about right. not being as new valuable things exactly yeah. yeah new fun new fun thoughts to challenge <laughs> so yeah so these are the ways that these belief systems do originate and you know people come by them honestly so we try to make sure that we validate that but that's where they come from and they're called um Negative core beliefs. Right. Negative core Core beliefs. beliefs. Because the core beliefs are driving our automatic thought. So that's Mm -hmm. the first thought 
So the first thought that pops in your head is your automatic thought. Mm-hmm. And then when you dig into it, it's attached to some kind of core belief, which is, again, your kind of belief system about the structure of the world or what's happening. Yeah. And I'm I'm very big into I, – I think core beliefs do have a, a lot of – They do. Because they run the subconscious. Yeah. That's they, that's what's happening is they, they're running the show when we're not – thinking about our thinking. Yeah, they're in they're in the background at kind of all times. And there are different types of therapy techniques. Some therapies call those core beliefs. Some therapies call these schemas. Mm, oh, God. Okay, yeah. 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 Sorry, I had, a, I had like a trauma to, <laughs> to, like a, to a training related to that. Oh, my uh, God. Tell me about that immediately. Uh, tell me about later, that right away. Later, later, later. No, no, no. Tell me right now. Tell no. me right now. Whoa, okay. Whoa, this okay. Was, okay. Just this a little. when I was still in the prison system, guys. So Back when Michaela was in prison. I was in the prison system and a whole prison system was sent to this training on schemas because one of our people was interested in schemas so it kind of it ended up happening that way yeah we were cool with it everything's chill so far uh but when we got in there the person was encouraging us to insert like have them visualize their childhood insert ourselves into their memory of being present with them during their childhood and like stroke their leg basically while telling them these things. And we're like, we're working with prisoners. I'm like, you're telling us to fucking touch these people? That is the worst. I'm working with sex offenders. I'm not going to stroke his leg and enter his childhood. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Oh, oh my, my god. god. I love that so much. That's bananas. It was so bananas. That is bananas. It was so bananas. Yes. Everybody walked away from that like, what did we just experience? Yeah. Like, how is this an actual training? And the state just paid for this. Yeah. The 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 things oh. that the things that it's actually crazy as therapists, and you guys can go back to their to our episode about finding a therapist and and talking about bad therapists. There is so little mm, I guess, regulation and oversight with what people can deem an effective therapy or decide to train people on. Right. And it's not easy to determine. Like when you're the person setting up the training, it's kind of tough to determine how the trainer- Like it seemed like it would be a legit training from the- the forefront of it like because it was schemas it was kind of the cognitive behavioral but you know the schema yeah perspective of it yeah it, but it's, then it went it goes south it went weird yeah it got <laughs> it got wild it got wild yeah you um generally hey guys as a rule generally if your therapist is touching you not great right. i'm gonna put that right out there yeah. not great no leg stroking no real, real not no. good no. i'm not saying anything groundbreaking here i hope to anybody but like Really, nobody should be stroking anybody's leg. The no, end. Like, no. Point blank. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's very few statements I'll make here that are just really direct. But that. But if that's happening, yeah. your therapist is sexually abusing you, and you need to get out. Yeah, yeah. That's not a good thing. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. They're no, trying no. to groom you. Yes. Don't don't do uh, it. Get out. Get no, out. No. Get out. Get out. Run. Run for the hills. Wow. That's that is how bizarre. Yeah. I. So that whenever I hear that word, I'm just like, ugh. No. <laughs> Schema. Yes. Ah! Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was that movie where it's like Mufasa, 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 Mufasa. Yeah. Like, schema, schema, schema. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, well, anyway, guys, a core belief Sorry. is no big deal. No big deal. A core belief is just a thing that you think, a deeply held belief about yourself, the world, or other people from your childhood. Right. That then produces these negative automatic thoughts. It's the same thing for a schema. It's a it's a right. belief about your yourself, the world, other people. It's just a different name for right. the same thing. And it ties to how you think about things. And 
You can actually start to challenge schemas and core beliefs, but we usually start with people just recognizing their thinking patterns. It's easier. Start with your automatic thoughts and those patterns, Mm -hmm. and then you can start to dig into where the belief – like, then you get into the roots, Yeah, right? That's (laughs) – did I ever tell you about how I once went to an ethics training with a woman who had slept with one of her patients? <gasps> yeah, that was a real thing that happened to me. Oh. I remember I went to an ethics training. We were talking about um, basically just it, how to avoid dual relationships mm-hmm. or multiple relationships. So basically, you should you should only ever be somebody's counselor. You shouldn't really have any additional. Other. Granted, sometimes in like small towns, yeah. there's some weird dynamics that happen. But overall, right? If do you, your if best. You can, to yeah. If limit. you can limit your relationships, you're mm-hmm. supposed to keep it professional. Yeah. yeah. And then we later found out that th- this woman who was training us had gotten a- the actual trainer itself. Mm-hmm. See, I, you. Said said you went i thought oh yeah, my no, god no, no. the yeah. trainer itself on oh my god yes the oh, trainer itself oh. had yeah i know i know this is the world out there it is it's banana town i mean if you guys think it's banana town to find a therapist that is doing a good job i mean i i would just validate that yes. experience because some of us it we is. go to these trainings and we're like what in the world yes. is going on here it's, right i mean it's like every profession doctors lawyers everybody like there, there's this is true. Yeah. Other professions have said they go to trainings and are like, what the f- just happened? Yes. What did I just experience? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craziest bed bugs. Craziest bed bugs, y'all. Anyway, so this is just a kind of a basic overview on thinking patterns. Right. Is there anything that you want to try outside of session related to thinking patterns or challenging them or or just accepting them? Whatever. Mm. I mean, I think I just want to continue to to kind of check in with them and, and scan them. And and a, one that I always uh, – that I didn't say beforehand that I do always question myself is what's in my control. Ooh, so I like that one. When I – if it's not in my control, I really try to not dwell on it. I try not to focus on it. I try to focus on what I can do. Yeah. that's a, That's a really great point. If something's out of your control, there is just – pretty much no point in revisiting and revisiting and revisiting right, it. Right, right. So for me, a lot of the times with a lot of my frustrations and thought patterns currently, a lot of the things that upset me are things that are kind of out of, out of my control and I could only do so much to impact. Yeah. So I just try to focus on the impact and then redirect to to those happy things that, <laughs> that light me up. Yeah. So I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Ooh, I, I really love that one. And I also struggle with that one a lot. Um. I think the one that I may try to do is just focus on things that I am celebrating that day oh, or yeah. just kind of re- redirect my focus on things that are going well. So um, mm-hmm. go, what is that one? The lens one? What's that cognitive error? A mental filter. Okay. Yes. I want to work against mental filters. So I just want to try to create I, – I am in right now a currently safe and healthy and happy environment, and I'd like to deepen the safety and happiness and healthiness. Mm, and yeah, so yeah. I really want to enjoy it, right? Like, yeah. Because time goes by and – goes so fast. Sh- yeah. Shit pops off, and you don't know what's coming next. So while I'm here, I really want to filter in the good. So I want to pay attention to – I might name five little things that I felt like were victories or mm. positive. Yeah. that day and just say those things out loud i i Ooh, i like that too yeah, yeah. it's like do a v- actual verbal reflection on yeah. here's everything that went well today yeah and i i want to try to tell people that i'm doing that i have a really good friend who i call pretty much every day who we talk every day and sometimes we do this together sometimes my partner and i do this together and 
it matters to me. I, mm-hmm. I don't like to be a person who only focuses on what didn't go well for me. Right. And I have a lot that I'm really happy about that's 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 happening and I just don't want to miss it yeah like I find it just I mean I could it's easy to yeah 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 there's no I dig that I'm still doing the the miracles thing where I'm at least trying to acknowledge like one thing that I that I'm going to qualify as a miracle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, what's your miracle tonight Uh, did it happen yet you're like bitch no miracles (laughs) today today my miracle I'm going to say it's peace Oh, I love that. Okay, okay. <laughs> winky, we'll winky. Just leave it yeah, 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 yeah. We, we both know what we each other are talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Miracle Feast. Okay, so audience members, you obviously are free to follow along with the different types of things that we choose to do, um, but you don't have to. You can tr- pick. Do your own thing. Yeah. yeah pick one of the for you. other things that we tried today. Um, so, oh, also keep in mind, uh, we did want you to know, like I said, that we have the Patreon and the Instagram and the Gmail, et cetera, yeah. <laughs> et cetera. But we also want you to, if you're enjoying it, rate and review us on yeah, iTunes. Definitely. Leave us some hopefully positive feedback. Jesus. I'm a Porsche. I'm fragile. <laughs> <laughs> we need those eagle snacks. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Make me like myself. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That went dark. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, no. Never. We don't need others to validate ourselves. We, va- we do it. Our- we validate ourselves. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to tell ourselves that right now. <laughs> I validate myself. I'm a strong, confident woman and I don't need to smoke. <laughs> All right. So what you got for me today, man? How do you organize a space party? You plan it. Damn it! <laughs> I think you might have told I probably that. told you that one once. I don't know. It's a good one. I think you might have told me that one. Okay, wait. What comes before part B? A? Part A? Part A! Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to send that out whenever I was planning parties, and then I would call myself the master chief of party planning committee. I don't know. Anyway. I dig it. Okay, guys. <laughs> That's our pod today. Thank you. Until most- next time. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.